0: Good morning again, everyone, and it is lovely to be in the presence, so to speak, of so many wonderful people and so many wonderful mothers. And we do, um, I thought, to say Happy Mother's Day to a few at the before we started our worship when we were coming online. But I didn't wish everyone a Happy Mother's Day uh, in. Uh, in in the announcement, so I want to do that now, and I do pray that everybody is able to um, uh, greet your mother with some warm and wonderful thoughts today, Uh, extend your gratitude to many of the mothers you know, and perhaps even think fondly back on uh, your mother who maybe is not with you anymore. Today, as we were singing it's kind of a funny thing uh, to, to be singing at home, isn't it? Are you able to sing out more while you're, you're there and not surrounded by people? Or is it, uh, it for my experience, it's kind of like when we're sitting there as a family together, I don't want to sing out as loud as maybe I normally do in worship. Um, but when you think back to the times that you sang in, in worship, does it does it affect you when you're surrounded by people and there are other people around and you don't just sing out to God like we know we should we try and either um, uh, aim for some for some beautiful singing and so maybe I'll hold back a little bit because my voice isn't the greatest or um, maybe you're just uh, very self-conscious maybe you don't even like to sing unless you're at home alone and in the shower I'm one of those folks but You know, sometimes what we think other people will think about is it really affects what we do. And when you think about singing, and if that affects us when we're together, we're worried about what other people think instead of what God thinks, then uh, today's lesson, I think, is a good one for us to consider. Because David, as the title indicates, this is a, uh, a passage that is speaking about David who was dancing and leaping before the Lord. And it seems like in that passage, he didn't care what other people thought. He didn't care what his wife thought. And Michael actually had a very negative view of him. But he was dancing and leaping before the Lord. And it's kind of a strange passage for us, to be honest. Uh, But in the overall tenor of the scripture, in that context, it seems like, you know, God, he didn't do anything to, to say that this was an unfavorable thing, and it seems like uh, what he did was esteemed by the Lord, and it kind of makes me think even of David just as this young shepherd boy. It just makes me wonder when he was out there um, in the pasture lands watching over his sheep and singing his psalms of praise to God. He was probably dancing and leaping before the Lord out there with nobody around, and then years later when he gets this respectable position of being king um, he's willing to set aside his kingly garments and just leap and dance before the Lord just as if he were a child um, and I think we can admire him for this and I think we can learn from him so let's uh let's consider this this passage today uh, first of all we get to um uh, the passage that was read we get to get at the thought we're going to jump there first and we see what michael thinks of david leaping and dancing before the lord and it's in uh, verse number 16 of second samuel uh, chapter 6 and it says then it happened as the ark of the lord came into the city of david that michael the daughter of Saul looked out of the window and saw king david leaping and dancing before the lord And she despised him in her heart. Well, later on, she uh, explains why she despised him. She doesn't keep it a secret, and she's very sarcastic in her answer. She is, um, when David finally, in verse number 20, it says, When David returned to, to bless his household, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel distinguished himself today. And you can, I think I'm right with the the sarcastic tone that I'm using here. She didn't think very highly of this. Latter part of verse 20. He uncovered himself today in the eyes of his servants' maids, as one of the foolish ones shamelessly uncovers himself. And so here we're, we're seeing uh, her attitude. We're seeing her heart. She was angry. She was sarcastic. I get the impression, I get the feeling that she was just embarrassed that this is my husband, the king, and he's out there dancing like this, um, and that he is, I think, part of this difficulty is for her is that she he has taken off the kingly garments and just acted like one of the other people, dressed himself like a... Uh, like a a normal person is not distinguishing himself as king. And she's embarrassed by that. So she was embarrassed. We, she despised him in her heart, but what was David's attitude? Why was he doing what he was doing? Because this idea of just dancing before the Lord, it's, it's a little bit strange to us. Well, let's go back and get the context. And uh, I will note that as we get back to the beginning of chapter six, that, um, this is an event that was taken, that happened earlier. Um, when they earlier tried to bring the ark in, they put it on a cart. That was not how the ark was supposed to be carried. Um, and this is where, when you get to, um, to verse number six, you start to find out well, the, the ark started to, to tip off of that cart. Uzzah, one of the Levites, reached up to try and stop it, and he ends up getting his life taken from him. The angry, God is angry at him and kills him. Um, and so David was actually humbled a little bit by that. He was angry and fearful, so he didn't bring the ark uh, the rest of the way. It didn't make the trip all at once. But here's the earlier part of that trip when David first starts trying to bring the ark to Jerusalem before the interruption of the procession. Chapter six, verse number one. And we're going to be looking at David's, David's attitude, and I think some of his attitude in the earlier procession is very similar to his his attitude later, though some of it had changed. Now David gathered, again gathered, all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. These are warriors. This is his army, 30,000 men. These are the chosen men. Verse 2, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baaleh, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which was called by the name, the very name of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned above the cherubim. So God, God is present with the ark, and David is going to bring the ark to him. He wants God's presence to be with him. I think that's a wonderful attitude that David had, is the ark doesn't belong away from the city of David. It belongs in Jerusalem, and this is the place that God has chosen. And so the ark is going to be brought into his presence david has conquered conquered all the enemies he has finally been made a king over all of judah all of israel and so now the ark is being brought into uh, the capital of israel being brought to uh, the city of david so god that's david's attitude i want god to be in my presence i want him to be in the city with with me and that's a wonderful attitude. Just to think about God's presence—the very that ark had the very name of God. It was it was His presence was was there with the angels right between the angels' wings on that ark. So David's bringing it into the city. Um, number two, uh, as far as his attitude, he took that event seriously. The transportation of the ark—he's um, it's a it's a big procession. It's He's being very serious about it. He has the army, he has all the priests, and he has all the house of Israel present. This is a big event. And I think highlighting this, we've already seen in verse number one that the army was there. Verse number five now says, meanwhile, David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with all kinds of instruments made of wood, and with lyres, harps, tambourines, um, castanets and symbols. so they've they've got this very. It's a very serious event because everybody's there, so it's an important event, and they are recognizing it as such. Um, but also, they're celebrating it with gladness, so it's kind of this mix between serious. Um, you know, the army is present, but also the celebration. So let's look at verse number, and that celebration is mentioned in verse number five, but also look at number, verse number 12, and now I'm using um, the latter um, after the ark gets uh, put aside for a couple of months, or who knows how long, and then they decide to bring it in again. Notice verse number 12. It says, now it was told King David, saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that belongs to him on account of the ark of God. David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. So he's recovered from his anger over what happened to Uzziah. He still has a greater fear of the Lord, a greater reverence from the Lord, but he's still bringing it up to, um, to, to the city of David with gladness. So it's celebration, it's gladness that they're bringing up, brought in to the presence of the Lord being brought into the city. So there's a desire. We're looking at, we're considering David's attitude. He's got a great desire to have God with him. And he's being very serious about the event, but also very celebratory. He's filled with gladness, just as everybody is. So now we consider number four, point number four he desires the blessings of the Lord. I think that's one of the attitudes that, that you know we should all have. And he has this I desire. The reason he wanted we saw already read verse twelve, Obed Edom when the house, when the ark was placed there after Uzziah died, or Uzzah, I'm sorry, after Uzzah died, um they they just stopped wherever they were at and they took the house, took the ark to the house of Obed Edom. He started getting the blessings of God, and David was jealous. He wanted the blessings of the Lord, and this is a good kind of jealousy. I hope, hope other people in the world look at us and, and see us being blessed with the blessings of God, the goodness of God, and hopefully they want that. And so that's what David wanted. That was his attitude. It was a good and proper attitude. He desired to have the blessings of God. And number five, he had proper reverence. Um, and this is really kind of one of the the thoughts you got to wrestle with a little bit here when you get there, you know, is him kind of disrobing, what does that mean? And was he being dis irreverent to God and dancing around? Was he doing what was right or not? Well, I believe he had proper reverence. And this is evident because number one, the ark is now no longer on an, on a cart. It's being carried, um, by the Levites, I would assume here. Verse number 13 said, so it was, that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. This is the reverence that David had, is that every six paces, there were two animals that were going to be sacrificed. Six paces. one, two, three, four five, six. All right, somebody else start the next sacrifice, and then on one, two, three, four, five, six paces, another set of sacrifices. He was being showing the utmost reverence and respect to God, and the ark was being now carried properly by four of the Levites. Um, So there is proper, proper reverence, it's shown by how they're carrying it. It's shown his reverence to God is shown by the sacrifices also. And apparently, you know, I had this question. It's like, how far did they have to go? And apparently when Uzzah died, they were likely, you know, not too far away from uh, Jerusalem. So they were probably, you know, just outside the city and had to bring bring the ark into the city uh, for this final procession that began in verse number 12. So David's attitude is good. David's attitude is, you know, like that of the the child respecting, loving God, um, reverent to God, desiring to be in the presence of God. And you think about the Psalms, you know, how much he just wanted to be uh, in the presence of the Lord. You know, that's that's this is who David was. This is an example of David being and fulfilling this what God said about him being a man after God's own heart. He loved God. He wanted the ark in his presence. He just wanted to be near God. And it was a joyful event for him uh, to be making this happen. That's when we get to, um, well, verse number 14. Um, And it says, And David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So if you look up commentaries on this you can find all kinds of things through all this um all these passages but I think just simply looking at it David to be able to to dance comfortably he had taken off his kingly garments and he was looking like a common man or maybe even even less than that maybe he looked like a servant I don't know but I know he didn't have on his um his garments to show that he was the king, and he was leaping and dancing with all of his might. He was filled with such gratitude to, towards God. He was leaping and dancing. Um, it reminds me of that that pa- the passage in the New Testament when uh, the lame man who had been um, unable to walk since he was since his birth, and he's healed, and then he's just leaping and dancing. Uh, leaping in the through the temple he's just filled with such happiness and joy because he can walk and here we have a, a passage where where David is like that just having the presence of God bringing the ark into the Jerusalem so that its blessings can be upon him and all the people and just a joyful occasion and I, I, that brings us to verse sixteen. Then, and we're back to this: is that so? Here was King David; he was leaping and dancing before the Lord, and Michael looked at him. In dis- and by the way, it's I think it says she looked out the window. She looked out of the window. Why was she not involved in this procession? She, it doesn't seem like she really cares that about God. She really doesn't care about what was going on. That. This, this event that was so important to every other all the other folks and that they were all celebrating, she's not a part of it. All she cares about is that her husband looks like a fool and she despises him. And that's a sad, sad thing. David goes on then to really clarify himself when, when uh, uh, we looked at verse number 20 and we saw already what Michael said about him. You're looking like a fool. You know, you sure have distinguished yourself today. You made yourself look like a fool, even in front of the, the, the maid's servants. Verse 21, then, it says, So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will be more lightly esteemed than this, and will be humble in my own eyes. But with the maids of whom you have spoken, with them I will be distinguished. And my paraphrase of that is that David said I was just humbling myself before before God and before men, and um, and he claims that even the people will will respect him for it. He will be distinct, be distinguished among them. They'll respect him for it, and I think they did. And I respect him for it. He didn't care what she thought. Um, this isn't a great picture of a of a wonderful relationship here, but David's respect for God is made well known. His humility before the Lord and before others was made well known. Um, in a the the one example I can think of of somebody humbling himself to this kind of extent, is the very son of God who was God, but didn't cling to that, but he, he let go of God and humbled himself and came down here to this earth and looked like one of us. I think David is a picture of that kind of humility that God showed. So a couple of thoughts just to, to think about. I've already challenged us a little bit with our singing. You know, we We have to not care about what other people think. We have to care about what God thinks. Do we ever find ourselves seeking to look good in the eyes of others instead of seeking to look good in the eyes of God, to do what's right in his eyes? Do I ever try to be respectable to others or in the sight of others and fail to praise God? I think, you know, when it comes to how we dress for church, I think, you know, we, we try to dress up respectably, and we wear our ties and our suits, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if that uh, kind of carries over into how we think, to the extent that we're no longer able to, you know, when we, we don't run and leap and jog and, um, and dance with suits on generally, But if our worship is being uh, in our minds is being changed by how we dress, which can happen, then we need to be very careful. We need to not be so respectable that we fail to praise God. Another question to ask yourself is, do I ever let those who are close to me influence my relationship with God negatively? You know, Michael wanted to have, it seems like she wanted to have that kind of effect on David, and David didn't allow it. He wasn't so concerned about what Michael thought of him, and he thought dearly of her, I believe, uh, but he didn't let that affect his relationship with God in a negative way, and we got to make sure that we don't do that e- either. We make sure that God is the number one relationship, and make sure that all the other relationships we have uh, fall in line with Properly with that number one relationship, and lastly, to think about is: is am I daily leaping and dancing? And uh, got it in quotes on the the outline. If you see it there, we don't literally have to leap and dance before the Lord, but man, in our hearts and our souls, uh, with our face, you know how we how we when we think about what God has done for us. Are we going to stay like this and sing our songs properly or do our lives light up and we leap and dance before the Lord because of his presence in our lives, because of what he has done for us. Let's not worry about what other people think. Let's always be concerned about what God thinks. David was a wonderful example of that and a wonderful example of humility a wonderful example of somebody who just cherished the presence of God in his life. And I hope we will all leap and dance before the Lord because of his presence in our lives. If there's anybody uh, out there today uh, and you don't have God's presence in your life, and I, you know, very specifically that that presence comes into our lives when we, say yes to God, and that we need his help, and we decide to give our lives to him, and we are immersed in water, a watery grave, and raised up with him. When we're under that water, when we're in that moment, Jesus saves us. He cleanses us and blesses us, and according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, when, when that all happens, then we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God comes into our lives, If there's somebody out there who's never been baptized into Jesus Christ to have your sins forgiven and to receive God's presence in your life, you need to do that. You need to submit to him and be. then you can be one like David who is leaping and dancing uh, before the Lord because of his presence with you. If you need to respond in any way, you're welcome to call me now in this moment or call me later or contact somebody else in the church, but get right with God. Have your sins taken away and have God's presence, his Holy Spirit in your life. If you need to respond, you're welcome to come now as we stand and sing, or as we sing.